Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. Lenny, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. And, uh, and seeing you guys have been pretty busy follow you guys on instagram and facebook and see a lot of cool things that, that you guys have going on so definitely want to ask you about the shop and then also um one of our podcast fans asked a question which i think will lead into a really cool conversation about your injector request form but uh yeah, I just wanted to start with you know what you've been up to you know in july and august since we we chatted last and what's new uh yeah like the building itself the dino bay is complete it's got electricity in it Unfortunately, we ordered a dyno. We were supposed to see that this spring, didn't show up. We were supposed to see it in the summer, didn't show up. And unfortunately, we've been making payments on that dyno and the two trucks that we have ready for testing. And uh, I was promised that uh, August, the end of August, I would see like a bill of lading. My dyno was going to be on a uh, truck and it was going to be in route and I would get it like this first week of September. I got a phone call and the phone call was, look, really, 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 really sorry, but I've been lied to. Your dyno isn't going to ship this week. It's not going, the engineering's not done. The parts aren't assembled, the parts aren't here. And uh, all of that being said, your stuff is more like months away. So then I, we've, like I said, we've already made payments on two trucks and a dyno. So it's really killed this year's balance sheet. So I'm going to unwind that deal as fast as I can. That way I can straighten out my books for this year. We're going to resubmit the purchase order and we're going to request that they ship it on January 1st. So I can start uh, recovering the money. Like there's, you know, I, I made eight or 10 payments on that dyno probably. So, um, so unfortunately we're there with that, uh, Trucks, like I say, we've got some truck recipes that are good to go and ready to be tested. Um, very excited for the dyno. And, you know, one thing that when we have the engine dyno, by the time things are done on the engine dyno, they're so dialed in, you almost don't need to data log. But we've had a couple of situations this year, and this year's expected, it's, it's very important to be very reliable when you're sled pulling or drag racing, because if you melt the piston, you don't just like call up the warehouse yeah. and go, hey, Send me a piston because yeah. this year you're not getting it for six to 12 to you, you might be done all year. So we had a couple of uh, sled pullers kill some pistons. Fortunately, I owned a set of pistons. We loaned them to that guy either in his motor. And I'm like, all right, but you got to get a data logger because even though we dial it in on the dyno, that doesn't necessarily mean that everything stays the exact same with all the different air qualities, with all the different air temperatures and the truck changes too. Right. So not only are we recording with EFI Live, but we bought some race pack stuff. And uh, matter of fact, the gentleman that we, we installed one of those last week, um, pretty much made it super simple. You shove the stick in there. As soon as it sees three pounds of boost, it automatically starts to record. And then once it goes below five pounds of boost, it hangs on to the recording for another 30 seconds. So if you hook and you're running, as soon as it gets below five pounds of boost, 
it records for 30 more seconds automatically and you don't have to do anything. So he just showed up this morning. We pulled his data stick out, showed the computer, looked, and we've already reached out to the tuner to get some tune revisions. And we're going to keep on just trying to build the most reliable thing possible. You know, it's really interesting about that is the, the connection between, you know, like how you were planning the dyno and, and kind of resetting and then just strategically planning it. But then also for the people who are listening with a truck and maybe it's something they take to the track or it's a dedicated race vehicle or sled puller is, you know, you can't just call up and get, you know, pistons or maybe an engine, maybe it's six months out or four months out. And just having to strategically plan how you do things is not just on the business side, but then also if you own a truck and you're performing with it is, you know, what's your plan for, you know, not just this year, but probably in the next year, it's going to be kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't see, you know, once we finally get people off the couch and back to work, things are going to change, but then as much stuff as we still import, like the ports are all goofed up. Our current administration, I don't know if they know what time or what day it is. So I'm not guaranteeing or predicting things are going to get better for a hot minute. Like I think we're going to be, I think this is the new future for a while anyways, is everything you want is going to be in short supply. And, you know, I kind of laugh because we still probably have 50% more garbage we don't need. And yet we go to the store. I take Snapchats because I'm laughing about some of the ridiculous <laughs> stuff you can't buy. Like, you know, you want to buy just a Rainbird sprinkler head, you go to the hardware store and they don't have one. What? Like it's stupid, simple stuff. Like we still got Oreo cookies. We still got, you know, things that, but we don't need, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. I'll ramble, but yeah, we, uh, data. If you hate money, then you should definitely start a race program. And if you double hate money, you should go into it blindly with ignorance and never plan on collecting data. <laughs> you will spend all of your money and work your ass off. That is a good idea. That's helped so much though, with not just some of the talks we've had about like some of the emission stuff and, and getting, you know, injectors built for different applications, but then also just in how much more like, you know, about a truck, you, you mentioned that on one of our other podcasts is how much quicker you can dial in an engine for one of your mm-hmm. trucks or dial in a truck now where maybe it was guesswork 10 years ago or just didn't quite know and have to push the limits a little bit and just, it wasn't as refined. So the fellow that was here just a little bit ago, his name's Vern Antonson. And I knew him, I've known him for 30 years. Uh, he's a very technical savvy guy. He's always been that techie kind of a guy calculating things, figuring things. Uh, he got into truck pulling here. He's been truck pulling like a street stock class for, uh, 10, 12, 15 years, probably. So he's good at it. And then one day he's like, I want to turn that thing up. And I'm like, that truck has 400,000 miles on it. You need to buy another truck and drag it to the track. So when you break it, you don't have to worry about it. Cause this guy is like 75 years old, kicking ass, enjoying it, having fun. <laughs> he lives in central Washington where there's no motorsports at all. Every time he goes pulling, it's eight to 14, 15 hours away. He'll drive there, pull, and then turn around and partially drive home. He's doing too much. So we've built some things to make his job a lot easier, like his weight box. He never has to sling a weight. He just adds water to the weight box. And when he's done, he drains it and pulls it on the trailer because I got tired of seeing him throwing suitcase weights. Uh, but this morning, so last week we gave him the race pack data logger and got it installed and basically told him, you know, like this is, you don't have to do anything anymore. It powers up 
as soon as the truck's running, it's powered up. You've got to show the data stick in it. And it, all you've got to do is make boost and it starts to do its thing. That's it. You just come back by here. We'll pull the data stick out of it and we'll check it. And then we'll make revisions to the truck. Okay, great. Um, he gets it. And then last week, the other thing that we did is I gave him a spreadsheet. I'm big on spreadsheets. Like I, I do them for everything. And the spreadsheets like air pressure, where you were, what the temperature was outside, what the track moisture was like, all these different things about the truck and the track. That way he could fill it out and then put it in this box or in this, uh, in this binder, come back by the shop. And instead of me asking him questions and getting, you know, a two or a three day old answer, or instead of me not asking him questions that I just forgot to ask him, now I just look at this piece of paper. And I can, I can picture what the, what the day was like. So I'm trying to help him stay out front, get to the top, stay on the number one spot. Um, so we're going to be doing, you know, just all sorts of today making ridiculous amounts of power, which the, he's in a three inch class, basically the three inch class, the top food chain, when it comes to a DOT tire, there's really, you throw any more horsepower to DOT tire and it doesn't hold it no matter what. So now it's about making it super reliable and super consistent. So why not keep track of all of the times you've been to the track? Why not make good calculated adjustments instead of, you know, I, I think I'm going to throw this to the wall and then getting your ass whooped because you, you threw a curve when you shouldn't have. So, yeah, we're, I mean, I feel like diesel motorsports in general is we're at the point now that we're smart enough and we've got enough good tools to make really awesome parts. It's just a matter of being consistent about how we use them now. That uh, kind of leads into what I wanted to chat with you about in regards to the injector request form. And a lot of these podcasts will say, you know, Hey, if you have any questions, leave comments or send us a message. And so I see a lot of people who will reach out to us and they'll say, um, Hey, I've got, uh, you know, this year in make truck, I want this power level, or maybe they don't even say, they just go, I just want some more torque, some more power. And <clears throat> it reminded me of the conversations we've had with it. Cause I sit back and I'm reading this. I'm like, I don't even know where to start with this particular, particular truck. Do you want 600 horsepower? Do you want 450? Do you want 900? Um, what kind of transmission do you have? Um, where do you live? Do you tow with it? Is it something that you just park? And it's a struggle for me and I'm not, you know, I'm not making a part or anything. I'm just trying to help direct them. So I wanted to ask you, how does that relate to those injector request forms or just the conversations that you guys have when people call in every day? Um, a lot of people take it the wrong way because I'll, you know, I'm, I'm currently holding some of these custom injector order forms. So people, you know, they, they'll shoot me like a Facebook message and be like, yo, I want to make this much power. I've got this truck. Okay, great fill out the custom injector order form. And in five minutes, I'll read your form and I'll have all of the questions answered that I need answered. And I will give you an intelligent uh, answer as to what you need. Oh, why can't you just tell me? Because I can't. And yeah. so, you know, a good example of a bad form is the one that I've got here. I'm not going to bring the shop name into it because it's, they're really a good shop and it, when I read this, he knows that I'm going to call and be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, I can't, I, there's nothing I can do here. So we've got desired horsepower, 1,200. All right, great. We've got a customer name, got a customer phone number. Um, they're at 4,500 feet. What do you do with the truck? Just drive it. 
<laughs> down a dirt track, down a, a asphalt track, down the street. You know, what is this thing? It's a 2016 Chevy 2500, current injectors, none, electronic mods, none, mechanical mods, none, turbos, 6383 and 8376, type of injection pump, none, lift pump, none, lift pump, pressure, none, camshaft, pump, exhaust, muffler, uh, air, none, transmission, none, gears, none. Tire size, none. This is garbage. Like, I can't. It's hard to I start. Can't intelligently build anything using this yeah. to where this one, you know, was given to me because it's one of the good ones. Desired horsepower, 850. Customer's name, elevations, currently at 45, though I'm moving somewhere soon to the East Coast and I'll be around 500. Well, that's, that's good information. You might get something from me right now that's a little hot and a little smoky, but when you get down to 500 feet, we get, it'll clean up. Um, what do you do with truck? Rarely daily drive it, mostly a fun street truck. Don't plan on any sled pulling, but want the most out of each part. However, I do need to tow. I don't want to be a big dog on any grades. So he's willing to sacrifice some stuff, but he wants it to be a fun street truck, right? Yeah. Um, 2014 Cummins, uh, it's got some tuning that I know the people there, I can contact them and work with them. No problem. It's got push rods and springs in it. It's got a S four sixty four, which will be, he says he's willing to upgrade if need to, uh, he's got a 12 millimeter stroker pump. So he's got enough pump for it. He's got enough lift pump for it. Um, Got some 20 inch wheels on a 35 inch tall tire, G56 trans. Um, you know, this is all pretty good stuff. Gear ratio is unknown. He's going to contact the dealer with the VIN number and get that gear ratio. This is the kind of thing that, even though the build might not be absolute and perfect, I have enough information that I can call him and say, hey, man, I'm going to need you to think about this, this, and this. Yeah. I'll build you an injector right now, but when you change this, when you change that sensor, and when you get this done, the whole system is going to come together much, much, much better. In six months, one thing calls me and he goes, Hey man, this thing's hot, smoky, missy, whatever. Then we look back at this sheet and I look at the notes that I recommended and I go, Oh, did you do this? No. Did you do this? No. Did you do this? No. Do you remember talking to me about that? No. Okay, well, I also wrote here that I talked to you on this date at this time, and you knew that you were going to be doing that stuff. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Okay, cool. So get those things done, and your truck will not only make the horsepower that you're after, but it's going to clean up the entire drivability aspect too. Okay, cool. So, you know, good information. We're not trying to blow anybody off. But on the flip side of that is, is I don't want you to be at hunting camp talking shit about me and my company because we built you a bad set of injectors when actually the injectors were built correctly for what you were trying to do, but the overall end game for what you were trying to do, you didn't put the whole package together. So I want everybody's truck to run awesome. Like it's, that's my goal is to make sure that people are actually happy. I, I can remember some of the most fun moments in my life was when people drove like P pump trucks, like 180 or 215 trucks. They'd come into the shop with, you know, right at 200 horsepower at the rear tire. 
maybe 175, 165 horse drive rear tire. Governor Springs fuel plate bump up the timing and they'd go to two. If it was a stop transmission, we would set them at 240 horsepower, but the power curve was a thousand RPM, not 200 RPM. And they'd be like, dude, I'm going to bring you my first child. <laughs> no, I'm cool. I don't want to race yours. <laughs> you ugly. I don't want your kid. <laughs> no. But, you know, they were so bloody happy. That's what made it fun. You yeah. know, I'd get in the local fire department. They brought us tons of trucks. And, you know, they'd get in the truck and start rolling through the gears. And you could see the guy, like, trying to crack a smile. But he was the guy that was against hopping it up anyways. And he's like, well, yeah, it's going to be a lot better. But I'm just worried about the reliability. Well, we dynoed it. We already know we've got other trucks. We've got 200 trucks before this one with the exact same recipe in it. We dynoed it. We know that it runs. We know you don't need a bunch of pyros and stuff. Like when we tell you you need a pyro, that's because we're we're dancing in in a spot we've never danced before or often enough. And uh, and or like with the sled pull trucks, you're beating those things, and things can change. A wiring harness can change. The boost number can change. Like you can, the more data you have, the faster you can fix a problem. If it's starting to let loose of a head gasket, coolant pressure goes up before it kills the head gasket. Or you wait until it kills the head gasket, and then you got, you know, a lot more problems to fix. So data, data, data. I've been in that position where I remember one time I wanted a turbo and mine was going out and I just thought, well, I want to get the biggest thing that I could run right now. And I put it on and I hated it. It sucked. And then I'm sitting there like, I just signed myself up for a whole bunch of other parts that I, that I wasn't necessarily you know trying to get into right now. And it changes my driving style, changes what I can do. And it's been really cool to see what you guys do with this. You know, tell me what you're doing. Like that, that uh, form you just read to us, the guy knew his elevation he's at now, where he's going, what he wants to do, what he's willing to sacrifice, what his upgrades are. Okay. Well now I know, you know, kind of how to build these and he's going to be happier versus you know, me, when I threw a huge single turbo on with stock fuel and a tune and it couldn't get out of its own way, I was just ignorant, you know, to what I was doing, but you know, it costs money and I just didn't enjoy the experience. So I think that's really cool what you guys do with that. Dude, this, okay. So I'm, I'm building, I'm kind of generally my own house. This is the very first time that I've done anything like that in my life. Like learning how to read blueprints and all that stuff I'm learning but when I stand next to my builder who's done this his entire life and he's five or 10 years older than me, he glances at it and then walks away. I'm staring there. You know, I've got my glasses on I'm staring at it and I'm trying to figure out mm-hmm. and he's already got a hammer in hand and he's like going to town because he's done it so many times. When I come at him again, he's five or 10 years older than me. He's been building things. The, the building trend has been this like, Sticks, bricks, things that are kind of stable and the same code makes these guys do certain things. But I get on YouTube and I'm like, holy shit, like there is so much really rad stuff. Example, when you're in like a cat five uh, category five, like hurricane zone, the, the, the sheeting that goes around your house is much better stuff because that's supposed to be like water impermeable. Like you're not supposed to get leaks going into the house. Right. Well, if you're in a hurricane area, well, now they've got liquid applied products instead of, you know, you drive by all those houses and you see like the Lowe's wrap or the Tyvek wrap wrapped around them. Yeah. Well, that water can get out, but it's not supposed to get in. 
but now they have like a product that you apply with like a putty knife and that goes on all the little cracks and fills the little cracks. You put it over all the nail holes and then you, you basically roll or spray on, here comes my dog, you roll or spray on the other stuff. So I got a closed door, sorry. The, uh, the other stuff gets rolled on, sprayed on, and it's a much better product. But trying to talk to my, my builder into doing that, he's like, no, bro, I don't want. <laughs> so being an old school mechanic, if you're going to continue doing stuff the same way as my builder wants to do stuff, you're dead. That is something that, that I've seen happen more in the last five years with diesel fuel injection shops, because those guys were like smoke and mirrors. Everything's built to spec. We don't deviate from spec and the internet comes out. And if you want to be the stubborn guy that builds stuff to spec and you only want to use the parts that you've only used, then your customer, your client is going to go out and find it their way because by God, it's their money and they're going to do whatever they want. And that is something that right now we've changed the, the face of this company hasn't really changed, but interior of this company has changed a lot in the last 24 months, a lot. Like since I've been doing your podcast, every time I get on here, I could, you know, basically brag about all the stuff that we've changed and done and modified and tweaked, but it, it's constant steady change. Like every single day, I've got these little three by five recipe cards that I shove in my pocket. And I'm constantly looking at those things from yesterday and today. And then tomorrow I scratch off everything that I don't need to worry about anymore as things that I've already done. Uh, and once in a while I stumble across one that's a month old and I'm like, holy shit, that was so long ago. Yeah. Like feels good knowing all that stuff's done, but it's constant change. Like we're, did I tell you the story about my crew? I don't know if I ever told you this. So when COVID first hit, maybe I never told you this. All right, so I'm gonna brag. I don't about think it. so. <laughs> uh, basically, COVID hit, and one of the warehouses <clears throat> basically shut down, laid off a bunch of people, and I was like, "Oof, that's bad." That was a major change in the diesel industry. Like to see that kind of change happen, just like boom, here it is. Yeah. And a couple of the other ones hit us up with, "Hey, look, we're prepping for doomsday." We're going to expect, and they wanted some special deals. And I thought, wait a minute, like, this makes no sense to me. Like, if, if Doomsday is coming and I give this guy a special deal, I potentially put myself out of business because I've given him a, a deeper discount so he could afford to carry it longer. Uh, so, and my bank's not going to let me carry it longer. They're going to tell me payments due when payments due on any inventory I borrow. So, I went to my crew. And we talked about everybody's, our primary customers are warehouses. We talked about the primary customer problems and issues and what they're all asking. And, and I says, guys, like, I'm going to let you make the decision because your livelihoods are potentially going to change just as mine will. So there's two theories that we can use here. One is we turtle and we weather the storm but a turtle doesn't move unless it gets carried away by tide. So we're kind of out of control of what our destiny is if we turtle. And two, we literally <clears throat> sprint, meaning I will beg, borrow, and steal, and I will buy 
every lick of any inventory I can get my hands on right now. Because this was when COVID first hit and everybody still had everything, right? And the guys are like, I mean, it's your bankruptcy, but <laughs> I vote we just go for it. And I'm like, I get that it's my bankruptcy, but if this hits and if I've got all the inventory and I can't give it away, then I'm going to have to lay guys off. Like I'm going to have to stand in here with just the bare bones minimum. And I don't know how many crew members I end up with, you know, like that's, I could have a house full of inventory that doesn't really expire, but if I can't sell it in time, then we're going backwards. Are you guys okay with that? And they were all like, yeah, we're all right with it. Let's do it. So as a joint effort, as a joint idea, I got on the computer, I got on the phone and I started buying everything. Well, fortunately, the way that we bought got us into some really, really good deals. And we drew some attention from some people that needed one really big company that used to make a really good uh, 7.3 liter power stroke nozzle. They had a very large purchase order at another manufacturer. The manufacturer, that PO died. They weren't going to sell those 40,000 pieces. So this manufacturer is now trying to figure out who can fill the time slot for 40,000 pieces. So they hit us up and I was like, eh, I don't think we're your client. Um, they didn't tell me that right out of the gate. They didn't tell me what the, what the real reasoning was. They just, they saw that we were buying a lot of parts, selling a lot of parts and they wanted in on it. Um, I tested their stuff, had really good success with it. And then we basically, so we had, I requested that they sent me like 60 unicorns. And when I say unicorn, it's like a, a feeble creature you can't get your hands on. Because when I've asked people in the past for this unicorn, they're like, you can't do it like that. It can't be done like that. You can't make it like that. You can't, it doesn't happen. Well, this guy had me 60 unicorns in like four days. And they showed up just like everything else. It sat right out there by where I work. And I kicked it over and I kicked it over and I kicked it over probably two or three months. And then one day we ran out of parts and I looked down and I'm like, oh, there's those blanks. I could make whatever I want out of those. So we instantly started testing. And within 24 hours, I sold all 60 of those pieces. Um, they were in a truck within four hours and we were driving them four hours and five minutes later. They looked great in the stand. They EDM'd really, really well. Everything worked perfect. So I called them back and I was like, hey, look, man, I finally got a chance to use those. I need you to send me 400. And they were like, uh, no, we don't do that. What do you mean you don't do that? I thought, so you, I thought you sold parts. Well, yeah, but you know, that's a pretty good size order. We would need to come and shake hands and meet with you. And I'm like, that's fine. Pack your bag, put 400 pieces in your bag and get on a plane and get on out here. Well, the dude showed up and uh, like the rest is history. But as soon as like you and I, it's 814 now. And uh, today at 10, I have another Zoom meeting with them. So I got one dude in Brazil, one guy in Italy, and we're all in the same Zoom meeting. And that is how we are combating this, uh, this problem with inventory. We haven't ran out of anything. Like control valves, I got boxes of Bosch control valves down there because when I was told that they were gonna run out, we started testing a bunch of other stuff, found some real garbage, and we're not gonna use that. I haven't found an aftermarket valve yet that works good. Um, and I've told you in the past that we were testing them, 
but they didn't test good. So we ended up buying 2,600 brand new control valves from Bosch, but it's like a different source than we would normally use. Uh, but people had it and I put my hands on it because at the end of the day, I don't want to run out. So it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a dynamic climate right now, trying to move and shake so you can service your customers because I mean, hell, what's the deal? You probably know more about this than I do, but what's the situation with these chips and all these trucks sitting in lots? Well, yeah, that's <clears throat> when, when you were chatting there, I, I was, all these thoughts were running through, through my head. I'm sitting here thinking, okay, there's one question I really want to ask Sonny because the people that probably the two groups of people I talk to the most are diesel podcast enthusiasts or fans. But then the second group are diesel shop owners. And, and I love chatting with them. I've known a lot of them for a decade or more, <clears throat> but they see everything. They see, you know, what truck owners want. They see what the manufacturers are doing. And that, that phrase you used about turtling is I see that a lot or I hear about it a lot. And it's not just necessarily with, um, you know, like a diesel pump injection shop. It could be a parts manufacturer. It could be marketing. It could be events. There's so many things. I think it's just a natural human reaction in this crazy time we're in. It's like, let's just weather the storm or I'm going to sprint ahead. And, you know, like you just mentioned the, the chips where I'm not sure if it's still going on, but I know Ford was, you know, building trucks and they're sitting. Um, and then I think you buy it. And then when the chip comes in, you can go pick up the truck and then GM's just cranking them out and parking them places. And, um, you know, when the part comes in, you can, you can get it. And it's just, I think to myself, if Ford and GM, which are these huge American companies that have been around, I mean, they're worldwide if they're struggling to get a chip to make their 80 to hundred thousand dollar truck run, what's it like for something else in another industry? How hard is it to get that? Or how hard is it to you know build a computer? But I wanted to ask you about that, that particular part about, you know, turtling and just kind of weathering it specifically with the shops you guys deal with people who are in this industry and any sort of part of it. How do you see that being crucial to, to, surviving you know where we're at now and then also in the future and the reason i think it's so important is i don't think it's just a six-month problem i think it's probably a couple years um you know i I read about the cost of shipping containers and sometimes people contact me and say hey do you know a place i can get a transmission this one place told me it's eight weeks and i'm like eight weeks it used to be like a week or week and a half or maybe two now it's eight weeks or an engine six months and i think a lot of people will find value in what you're about to say because they're their companies depend on it. Their livelihoods depend on it. And I think it's a, a topic that's just, it's not covered in this industry at all. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. You know, so I was fortunate. I, I lived in Western Washington from 03 until 14. So I got to go through the economic crash in 08, 09 in Western Washington. And the reason why I say I was fortunate, because it taught me some valuable lessons about money and how fast it can dry up. Yeah. So that, that area was blowing up. Like it was growing like crazy. 
I had guys walking in. I had guys calling me and they were like, Hey man, I'm super cool. I just bought a new truck. It's at the Chevy garage. I haven't even seen it yet. It just landed. Go to the Chevy garage, pick it up and then get it to your place and tear it all apart. Okay. I was gladly doing it. Like I, yeah, I'd walk in. I'm, I'm here for so-and-so's keys. And they're like, you're shitting me. That guy's he's, you're just going to void his warranty right now. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like in, in an hour, this thing will be on the dyno and getting the shit torn out of it. So we went from big ballers and then within as, I mean, within 48 hours, the climate changed so drastically. We had people coming to pick up their trucks instantly going, Hey, I just got laid off. I can't afford it. Hey, I just got fired. Can't afford it. Hey, the company, because we were working on a lot of company trucks as well. And the company had a salesperson out selling windows and crap in three quarter ton Duramax trucks. And instantly they were driving like Chevy S10s. So, you know, they had to figure out how to cut corners to make the, to make it live. Right. Yeah. Now I talked to some people and during 08 there, they didn't have a big boom going so they didn't really go down, but they didn't, they never saw the upswing either. Now, the way I'm looking at like where I'm at, we're selling more injectors than ever. Hand, not even a close, it's not even close, but it's because guys can't run out and buy brand new trucks. Uh, I bought another 2019, so another Dodge Ram fifth gen, like uh, three or four weeks ago, I guess it was. It's got, it had 12,000 miles on it. I paid $71,000 for this truck. And that was with the good buddy hookup. So people that are, if you can find what you want, you're fortunate. But a lot of people, they don't hate their trucks, but it was just so bloody easy to go sign a document, buy a new one and get rid of the old one. It was just, it was that. Now, you know, I think that we as Americans have been spoiled because of that. Like the bank loves they love our credit. We don't have cash, right? Like we're just running around buying more crap, buying more crap, buying more crap. And there's really no such thing as a real hundred dollar bill because it's only in your pocket for a few minutes. And then it turns into a Slurpee. And then you've got $97 left and $97 in my pocket seems to fall out like instantly. So I can hang on to a hundred, but as soon as I break it, it's gone. (laughs) And right now with where we're heading, I think we have to start thinking a bit more like say Australia, where they buy a vehicle for 60 grand, they'll put 60 or 70 grand into it, but they keep the vehicle for 25 years. They build it till they love it. And then they keep it for 25 years. When this time that we're going through right now might teach, it might teach all of us to drive what we love, build it how we love it. And if you want amp steps, guess what? You're going to wait. You're going to wait until they finally show up. If you want a Titan fuel tank or an SMB fuel tank, well, you might order it and it might not show up for six months. We're not used to that stuff. No. But a Titan fuel tank doesn't wear out. Amp steps, they're going to wear out, but it's going to be years down the road. So you're going to start taking care of and, and really cherishing some of the stuff. As a mechanic, mechanics chronically, you know, I was raised by a mechanic, right? And he was tough. I'm going to do it my way. Tell me I don't. And I'm going to work twice as hard to do it my way. And that's traditionally exactly how I see a lot of mechanics today. 
you're not going to tell a mechanic anything. They're going to show you that they can do it. The unfortunate part about that is, is we, we get caught in these traps of putting in so much time and so much personal effort that you're working in the company instead of on the company. And the whole time you're working in the company, you're really not making the company more profitable next week. You're just getting to the, whatever that goal was, you're getting through it. And that's cool. It, it builds up a self-pride, but you've really got to get over that, get through that and start to work on the company right now. And remember that there's two things that you really need to be servicing. One is whatever your customer wants. And two is whatever you can get your hands on. So, because at the end of the day, your bank, your electrician, your, or the electric company, the insurance guy, none of those people care about your back orders. Zero cares. They just expect the check. So if you are waiting for XYZ123 and it's like six or seven months out, well, sorry, it's not going to help pay your bills this month. How are you going to pay your bills this month? That's what you've got to be worried about. And then another thing that I constantly hear, this is every single state, every time that I travel somewhere because I drive to go see dealers, everybody says the exact same thing. We can't get enough good hands. That's true. Consumer demand is higher now than possibly it's ever been. And new trucks that are being sold is lower than it's ever been since I've been an adult. So we need more people. Now, a good buddy of mine who's a very, very, very successful plumber. In 07, 08, he had about 75 plumbers that worked for him, like journeyman, you know, legit plumbers, right? A couple of commercial properties, kid was kicking ass. And then boom, it hits and the economy tumbles and all the building stops. And he went from 75 down to his core, 10. And he had to keep those core, even if he didn't have work, he had to keep the core there just to make sure that he was able to get uh, whatever need or necessity taken care of that he absolutely could. Now, that being said, when Ashton grew again, which happened very, very quickly, Jesus. Um, when he grew very, very quickly, I was, uh, I called him and I was like, dude, how did you do that? Like how many guys you got? And he's like, well, Right now, I got about 150 guys. And I'm like, Lord mercy, how did you go from 75 to 10 to 150? And he kind of giggled and he's like, well, I'll tell you how I did it so far. And then I'll tell you how I'm going to do it next week. I'm like, all right, what'd you do? He's like, well, 75 guys were just, you know, that was old school plumbers. Like we had, it was just, we had old school plumbers and they were all awesome. And then when the economy started coming back, some of those guys got jobs at Boeing. Some of them are working at other plumbing outfits that called them back first. And some of them came right back. But now that we have the need for a lot more of them, if I'm at McDonald's or at Starbucks or at Lowe's and somebody has a good attitude and a good work ethic that I can see, then I'll give my business card, tell them to give me a call if they're interested in a possible career change. And they call and I say, hey, man, look, like, I'd love to have you in. I like your attitude. I like the way you present yourself. But there's one stipulation here, and I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to give you nine days to change your life, meaning I'm going to give you nine days to come and work for me. And on the 10th day, we're going to sit down 
And I'm either going to send you back to McDonald's, send you back to Lowe's, or I'm going to lay out a plan and we're going to invest all the education into you so you can become like a journeyman and change your damn life. And I thought, wow, that's a big deal. Why do you do it on nine days? He says, well, because this state, basically they can hit me for unemployment on the 10th day. So they got nine days. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. Like uh, that, that makes sense to me. So since then, I don't ever look for somebody with previous experience and what we do that I'm not going to find that. But I look for guys with good work ethics. I look for people that hit me up, Facebook Messenger, things like that. And then I look at their profiles. And if you're a shit show and you're, you know, every weekend, it's like a concert here and a party there. And, you know, no, like that's not what I want in my building. So you've got to really remember, like as an employee looking to upscale yourself, you've got to present yourself as a professional 24-7 all the time. And if you're not, well, you're not going to get a professional spot. And then on the employee, on the employer side, quit looking for something that's not out there. Stop. You have to train these people, which means that you, the guy that's the smartest in the shop, you have to put together like training packets and you've got to be ready, willing, and able to invest time into these guys and make them learn how to do it correctly your way. Might not be correct for everybody, but if you figured out how to do it in your shop your way, make sure everybody in your shop's doing it your way. It's pretty simple. Yeah, that's really good advice. I uh, chat with some shop owners, and like they've they've gone the traditional route of trying to find with a, you know hiring agency or just different things. I'm like, it's so specialized what you're looking for. I don't know if you could ever find that, you know, or you think of even you know somebody for sale. Somebody's going to answer the phones at Dynamite Diesel it's going to be next to impossible to find somebody that knows what you want them to know that it's just going to, you just put them right in the chair. They're probably going to be somebody from, I think you'd mentioned that once about, you know, some guys you found that were customers or just, you know, people that were really into the sport that you knew and you saw the transition being simpler from that to, you know, answering people's questions and getting shops, the injectors that they need. There's, if you're willing to work right now, like example, <clears throat> Uh, recently I wanted to build, I, we had massive dust problems and my neighbors, they were curating a wedding on their property. And I went out to my property and cut all the hay down to the dirt and I created a dust problem. So I didn't want to be the new guy in the neighborhood that pissed everybody off. So I ran down to the local irrigation supply house. I got a couple of names for, uh, you know, contractors they would recommend. And I called them up and they're like, all right, you know, how big is the property? So I told them. And uh, I says, you know, like, by the way, I've got a, a blueprint right here from the irrigation, from the irrigation warehouse, based off of how much water I have, I can afford six sprinklers to run at a time. And I end up with like 13 zones of sprinklers. And they're like, well, that's going to put you at about 35 to 40,000 bucks, but I don't have enough guys. So might not get it done this year. $40,000 for sprinklers and you might not get it done. Rest assured. <laughs> if I was going to make four times my money. So my investment was $11,000 in sprinklers. And it took me and Chris Krebs, one of the guys here, <clears throat> we worked on it for two or three days a week for about three weeks. And uh, the job was done. Like I, I worked on it again this weekend because 
you know, you open up your trenches and then the dirt starts to settle. So I'm out there filling and, you know, making things right, even this weekend. So it's not, it's no joke. There's a lot of work involved. Um, And I'm not a professional sprinkler installer, but my electrician was able to come out and he helped wire up the, uh, the, the sprinkler controller. And I mean, they wanted 40 grand for something, but they couldn't do it this year because of employees. I, I, I couldn't wait. So we just did it. And, uh, you know, it saves me 30,000 bucks. Um, but that's, and that's huge money. That's goddamn half a pickup truck, you know? Yeah. That's, that's a lot of swing. <laughs> so, again, like you can make excuses, you can bitch about it. Uh, but all those people that hit me up, all these people that aren't hitting me up, they're all potential employees. And another thing that makes me happy is my crew when they buy a house, when they're buying new cars, not just going into debt, but when I know they can actually afford it, makes me happy. Because ultimately, like if somebody leaves here and they leave to go start their own company, like I'm pretty happy about that because whatever the hell I taught them in here with work ethics and things like that, if you see what I do 24 seven, I might not be in this building when they're all in this building, but I was here yesterday when everybody wasn't. And I got enough EDM work caught up that this morning there is nobody waiting for me on the EDM. They've got things to do because I knew that this morning I had catch my workout. I had you. And then I've got the other Zoom call right after this. So there's half a day right there. And that's before I even woke up this morning. So I didn't want anybody waiting on me. So I'm here for a few hours by myself doing stuff. Uh, yesterday I jumped in the car and I drove around the lake Um that was, uh, took me about four hours to complete that trip. And it gave me a lot of time to think and just reflect and be happy about where I'm at because, you know, I'm a 48 year old dude that lives in a camp trailer with a hundred pound dog. It's kind of small. <laughs> and, you know, you could say, oh man, he's lonely. He's this, he's that. Wow. I could say all those things like, oh, you know, like, you know, he's 48 year old dude hanging out with a dog all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true, but I'm doing it because I'm building something. And right now it's like, it's like training camp. Like once my house is done, once my garage is done, once my property is all done, I'll change my game then. But until then I can't afford to be like playing all weekend, every weekend. I can't afford to hang out with a girl all the time because whenever you got a girl, you got a wife, you got a girlfriend, you got a whatever she's got needs. She's got wants. She wants to go do stuff. And right now I can't, I don't have the time. So I'd be pissing her off. And, you know, there'd just be a fight there. So I kind of refuse to, I'll hang out with friends, do everything that I want. I'm never, you know, I'm never in that bad of a spot, but right now, like I, as shitty as the economy is going to be, I think I'm already seeing houses, lumbers drop by, I mean, a Sheeta OSB here was 85 bucks. And right now it's high teens, low twenties. So lumbers changed a lot. And the moment the lumber started changing, Every single day, this thing alerts me to at least three houses, price drop near your area, price drop near your area. So houses are dropping as well. And yesterday is my favorite day of the year because it's the day that all of the people from out of state go home. (laughs) (laughs) Traffic from now until Memorial Day is way better And then Memorial Day, everybody comes back and traffic sucks around here. (laughs) 
So yeah, yesterday's my favorite day or yesterday's my favorite day. Today's my second favorite day. Today's actually my birthday and I turned 48. That's old. It goes by fast. Dude. <laughs> like I, I started doing these trucks when I was like 25, 26. Like there's kids out there right now that are a lot sharper than me that haven't been alive as long as I've been doing this. Oh, it's, it just keeps going faster and faster and, and faster. I think it's a lot of really great advice though, that, that pertains to a lot of, uh, a lot of shop owners out there, a lot of companies, a lot of, you know, people that are listening that maybe they're plumbers, maybe they're electricians or, um, you know, do any sort of, sort of business like that. And they're just, you know, trying to, uh, you know, do the best that they can right now. So I appreciate you answering those questions, getting us up to speed on everything. I always enjoy our chats. I always, like I mentioned walk away and I got 15 other questions and 30 other podcast ideas for us, but uh, it's great to catch up with you, Lenny. You know, someday you got to jump on a plane or drive up here. It's like 16 hours from where you're at. You should come here and hang out with a camera and then, you know, actually like, I think that'd be good content because I could show you, the technical side and you could share that with subscribers and yeah, I don't know, man, it, I'd really like, I'd really like to kill a bunch of the myths and uh, that's what we could do. We call like myth buster diesels. And uh, cause there is so much shit that I learned now. Yeah. Like piston bowl diameter and hole count and things, the stuff that we've been, you know, for, for years now we've been using when an OEM manufactures modifying it and then forcing it to fit the bill. And now we don't have to do that. Now we got blanks. So I'm trying all sorts of different experiments and 10 fail. One is okay. And one rocks. So it's literally just a matter of investing time. And then you, you shit a lot of parts like your 10 experiments, that's 60 to 80 nozzles. There's, you know, five, 6,000 bucks in nozzles right there that you just ruined, but you had to answer questions. Yeah. And you know, that's people call up and they're like, I want, a six hole, whatever. And I'm like, you don't know. What? Do you, how about you tell me what you really want, like for horsepower? And I'll tell you what my experience has given me. Yeah. And I'll give you the best thing that I can give you for that. Yeah. Hole count, hole diameter, moving things very slightly. We got a new extrude home machine coming. That's going to be awesome. Like that's going to be light years. We'll be, we'll, we'll be, We'll be the first aftermarket manufacturer to run this abrasive flow machine. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, it'll be, be really cool. It's been awesome. Gosh, since I think we did one right before the pandemic hit and you're telling me all these ideas and I've seen, I've seen it, you know, roll out in the marketplace. So I'm excited for the next, uh, you know, the next six months and, and, uh, yeah, see, uh, see when you get those dinos in after the first of the year and keep cranking on stuff. If I get the dino in, do you promise to come? Yeah. I promise. <laughs> it's, no, it's, no, it's, tired. <laughs> it's been, it's been such a crazy, well, almost two years now that it's just like, you're so busy and there's so many things going on and, you know, it's just like, just trying to keep your bearings, you know, your head in the right place. And there's all these stories to cover and all these new things. It's just been really busy. Hey, you know, I got a question. I assume that with more people getting forced to be at home, that they've got more time to kill. Did do you feel like you've been more discovered in the last twelve months? Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I can look at, I can see how our audience engages, and it definitely changed once 
once the pandemic hit, especially with the questions we get from people. I think they maybe had a little bit more time to think about their trucks. And so the type of questions are different or they're much more this they're much more in depth. And then you can see, you know, the amount of amount of traffic, amount of people that are that are just, you know, coming to your platform to listen. And that's one of the things that, you know, with our growth has been it's been inspirational, but then also a challenge to keep up with it is Gosh, when I, I did the very first one, I think maybe that was a long time ago, like five and a half years ago, like maybe 30 people listened mm-hmm. and like 10 of them were me listening, like again, to see how dumb I sounded, <laughs> but it's like, you have to think, okay, you know, people are asking about TDIs are asking, you know, ask Lenny this question, um, what should I do for suspension on this truck? And so it's broadened the topics that that we cover which has been really really cool to just be able to to witness that you know it i'm i'm like uh i'm real big on like motivational stuff uh i try and surround myself by motivational shit all day long like like even the shirt you know like just do work i don't i don't really find joy in being miserable i'm happiest when I'm like, this is going to suck, but I got to get it done. And then when I get it done, I'm happy. So like, if you walk around the shop, my daughter hates it. Cause it's like full of inspirational artwork everywhere. Like we're like the iconic dealer. We just don't sell our stuff. We just buy it. Uh, everything about this place is kind of a positive environment and it really helps all the employees here. One of my guys last Friday, we misshipped like the boxes were identical. They looked identical. We misshipped stuff. One of them was red label going to a guy for a sled pull truck, PPL guy. <laughs> and we sent his injectors to uh, another company, like a multi, multi, multi million dollar company that has a freight department and isn't going to see them and isn't going to know what the hell they are. And we may or may not get them. We misshipped them and shit happens every day. Um, you know, like, honestly, that was, you got to know that every now and then humans are going to mess something up because that's just how we are. Like, you just have to, if you're not, if you're not messing up, you're not trying. Um, he took it to heart and he was in a really bad mood all day long. And at the end of the day, you know, I tried to like pick him back up and he was just, he was so personally, he was so personally hurt by it. Uh, I think it really ruined a bunch of his weekends. I reached out to him this weekend as well. And I still want to chat with him a little bit more today because like at the end of it, we got our customer a set of injectors that was like on a Saturday on a whim, they were borrowed from another customer and he did really well. He took, you know, second PPL. So no harm, no foul. And we were able to call back the injectors and they're, you know, they're going to go to their rightful owner. And then we were able to send the other product out to the other customer. All's well that ends well. If I was the typical like Lenny Reed from 10 years ago, I would have lost my shit. Screaming, yelling, kicking shit, you know, like kicking garbage cans, like just being a jerk. And I would have been in a bad mood potentially until I finally got to see the other truck fire up and make smoke. Then I would have like settled down. But this year I didn't do that at all. I was in a good mood all day long. And at the end of the day, we, we had, you know, we all kind of broke bread together on lunch. We had uh, we had a barbecue out back 
And the rest of the afternoon we worked, but it wasn't like we were trying to kill it. You know, like we'd already, we're, we're in a good mood. The exact same scenario plays out two different ways, but which employee wants to quit? The guy that knows he screwed up and gets yelled at all day long, or the guy that knows he screwed up and basically gets told, bro, shit happens. I'm not perfect either. Guarantee I'm going to screw something up. Guarantee when I screw stuff up, you'll catch it because you're supposed to more often than I do. That's, that's the climate we live in. Like you don't have to be pissed off about stuff. You're not getting anything more done. And that was something that took me a very, very, very long time to figure out. But now, you know, I got guys that would run through a brick wall to help me. And I got guys down there that are just, they truly dig with what they do. Um, it's for me, this has been, uh, it's been a really fantastic few years. And I just, I love walking in this building and hanging out with the people I hang out with. Yeah, so, definitely. I definitely want to see it. You've, you've chatted with us about it a lot and I, I see it in the marketplace and I see it, you know, with, with the fans that you guys have, but I think to actually be there and see, you know, the crew working and see, see the magic happen. Like you could tell when you walk into a place and I, I've experienced this in my life when it's not necessarily like the sales room, but it's where parts are being made and how the, 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 like the employees interact with each other and just the mood you can just tell. And it's just a different, it's, it's a better environment. So oh, yeah, for sure. I promise you when those dinos hit, I will, I will make my way up to Idaho and tour dynamite diesel products and, and uh, see what you guys do. You're you can't lie to your fans. I can't now it's, it's on video now. So you can lie to me, but if you <laughs> lie to all your fans, it's going to be 36 people really disappointed. I know. And 16 of them will be me. <laughs> uh, awesome. Lenny. Like I said, I appreciate your time. Always great chatting with you. And uh, I will be in touch here towards the end of the year when uh, I'm planning a trip. All right, buddy. You be good. Thanks.